Ketubotaf Lamed Zayin, the last thing we were discussing was, Rabbi Yehuda said in our Mishnah that a lady was taken into captivity and was redeemed. She has a Chazakav being a Betula, even though she's a Gedola, and therefore anyone was uh, Onesra, he has to pay the, the Knas. And Rabbi Yohanan said that Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Dosa both hold the same thing, that a Shevuya has a Chazaka of being a Betula, because Rabbi Dosa also said that Shevuya could continue eating Teruma. And we went back and forth to see if they really agree or not. And with that, we're going to start Lamed Vav Amud Bet, last line. And uh, towards the end of that last line where it says, Rame le Rav Papa Bashmuel Rav Yosef. Rav Papa Bashmuel asks a question to Rav Yosef. Does Rabbi Yehuda really hold that she's still a Betula? We have a Braita, and this is going on, a woman who sees Nida blood, from the Torah, she's only metame things that she touches from that point forward. Hachamim were gozer 24 hours backwards, unless she checked herself and she was clean, then uh, then uh, she's not metame things she touched uh, retroactively, rather only from that point forward. Now, on that uh, that halacha, v'atanya, we learned, hagiyor chinit gaira Egioret, a woman converted, and that day she saw blood. Rabbi Uda says, from that point forward, anything she touches becomes Tameh, and they weren't going around things backwards, uh, retroactively. She's like any other woman, and she's Tameh, any Teruma, Kodashin that she touched, 24 hours backwards, or from one of the last times she checked herself. And here's the important part. She has to wait three months, according to Biuda. This way, if she was with a goy while while she was a goya, and then she converted, we can at least figure out if the kid was from a Jewish father, not Jewish father. We can figure out what's his status. Therefore, wait three months. Rabbi Yossi allows her to get engaged right away and get married right away. Now you see from the fact that Rabbi Yehuda made her wait three months. What do you see? That a lady who's between the Avdei Kochavim, then she's probably with someone over there. And therefore, you have to say the same halakha by a lady who was taken into captivity, that probably someone messed around with them. You can't trust these goyim. Someone messed with her. And she lost her hazakav being a betula. And that goes against everything we were saying, that according to Biuda, that a lady taken into captivity has a hazakav being a betula. So Amar Leir of Yosef uh, told Rav Papa Bashmuel, Giyoret Karamit, are you comparing Giyoret, a, a, a woman who converted to a lady taken to captivity? Giyoret, lo mintara nafsha. A Giyoret, she, she's not really protecting herself, she's not guarding herself, she doesn't care, she'll live her care lifestyle, and then when she's Jewish, she's Jewish. But a lady taken to captivity, you know, she protects herself, she wants to make sure she stays kadosh. So now, Rav Papa Bashmuel continues to ask Rav Yosef, So why don't you show a contradiction between a woman taken into captivity versus another right tower woman taken, was taken into captivity? Rebiuda holds that a woman who converted was in captivity or maid servant that became free or redeemed or they converted after the age of three, they have to wait three months to find out if they were pregnant or not. Rebiuda allows them to get engaged and married right away. So you see from the fact that Rebiuda makes them wait three months. Obviously, when someone is with the goyim, you can't trust the goyim, and therefore you have to make her wait. And obviously, she lost her hazakav being a betula.
And that goes against Rabbi Yohanan, who explained Rabbi Yehuda holds that a lady, when it was taken to captivity, it always has a hazkat betulin, no matter what. So at that point, Ishtik, Rabbi Yosef was quiet. Amar Les, Rabbi Yosef told Papa Bashmuel, okay, you're right, there's a contradiction. Do you have an answer? Did you hear anything? So Amar Les, Papa explained to Rabbi Yosef, this is what Rav Sheshat explained. That Braita that said that according to Rabbi Yehuda, that she needs three months to wait to find out if the kid is from a Goy father, a Jewish father, that's That's if they saw her with a person. Uh, that's why Rabbi Yehuda makes her wait three months. But when no one saw her see was with anyone, then we don't make her wait uh, three months, and she has a hazaka being a betula. So the Gemara asks, if that's the case, if it all depends if they saw her with a person or not, my why does Rabbi Yossi not make her wait three months? Maybe she's pregnant from the, one of the Goyim before. So Amar Rabbi Yossi holds when a woman is mezana, she usually puts uh, some sort of uh, kain or something over there uh, to make sure that the zerah doesn't uh, go into the body. Rather, she's able to clean herself out so this way she doesn't become pregnant. So the Gemara says, Bishlam So I understand why Rabbi Yossi holds that a Giyorot does not have to wait three months. Kevan because she's trying to become Jewish. she's trying to protect herself to make sure she's not getting pregnant. Then Shavuya Nami, Shavuya also She doesn't know where her capturers are going to bring her, and therefore maybe they'll bring me to a Jewish place. And therefore, maybe they'll try to redeem me. So she's trying to protect herself by not getting pregnant. And Shifha Nami, Shifha, you could also say that she's hearing from her master that he's, uh, maybe he's working on the paperwork to uh, free her. So she's trying to protect herself. Let's say there's a maidservant who goes out by by mistake. Her master poked her eye out, broke her teeth, something like that, where she goes out free. Then what are we going to say? Why don't we have to wait three months? She doesn't know she's going to be free. And maybe you want to say that BOC only holds what he holds, that he doesn't have to wait three months, is only when uh, it, only when it's like one of those things she knows from before. But if it's one of those things that just happened, like uh, she loses her eye, she loses her tooth, and then Rabbi Yossi would make her wait three months. Here you have a situation with the Anusa or a lady who's been uh, seduced. We don't know when it's going to happen. Rabbi Uda makes him wait three months after the Ones or after the Pitui. Rabbi Yossi allows them to get engaged and get married right away. So you see Rabbi Yossi doesn't care if it just happens or not. Rather, you have to say he has different reasons. So, Ela Amara Ba Kasavara Biosir Biosi holds Isha Mezana Mithapechet Kedeshalot Taber. A woman who is Mezana, she jumps around, she flips herself over. This way, she makes sure she's not pregnant. So she doesn't need to put a moch in there from before. So there's no preparation. If it happened, it happened. And uh, therefore, she could just jump around and uh, the zera won't stay in her body. And uh, therefore, even a uh, even a regular lady who was honest or pitui, and even the shivha who went out, she knows she's going out. She'll just uh, jump around and this way she won't become pregnant. 
We're worried that maybe she didn't jump around well enough and still she might become pregnant. And this is a fascinating sugya. If you have to wait three months, we make every woman who becomes a convert wait three months and we make every woman who gets divorced wait three months. And the question arises a lot of times, let's say there's a shiduch already in play, can they rely on a pregnancy test? Or if we know they haven't been anywhere near each other the last couple of years, is there any leniency not to make them wait three months? And very good at looking at the poskim. It's a very interesting, fascinating sugiya. Next, we learned in the Mishnah that anyone who's hayav mita, he's supposed to get killed for an avira he did, does not have to pay for damages he did while doing anish. Only when there's no ason, when he's not going to die, then you give him a, a monetary punishment. Now, did you really learn it from that pasuk? We learned it from a different pasuk. It says by a shaliyah bedin that was sent to go hit someone, and it says over there kederi shato, which means you gotta punish him based on his wicked action. Mishum We only punish him because of one bad action. And you don't punish him because of two bad things. Meaning, you don't. Uh, there's no double jeopardy. You can't punish him two, twice for one uh, for one avera. So the Gemara explains, No, one pasuk the, is talking about uh, death and money, and the other one is talking about makot and money. Lo son is talking about death and money, Kederi Shato is talking about makot and money. Utsrichan, I need both of them. Because if you would have told me only the one with the death and the money, Mishum de Ika Ibu Neshama, okay, because someone's dying and uh, that's very scary, very strict, okay. Aval Malkut Umamon, a guy getting Makot and making him pay the Leka Ibunishima, no one's dying. Emalo, maybe he should not be patur from paying, let it pay. Veashmaina Malkut Umamon, if you would have only mentioned Makot and getting it, Mishum Dilohamir Surah, it's not so bad, okay. Therefore, just let him get one punishment, and that's it. Aval Mita Umamon, but if he did something that's Hayav Mita and paying the Hamir Surah, he did something really bad. Emalo, maybe getting killed is not good enough. Maybe also has to uh, pay. That's why I need both limudim, uh, both psukim. Okay. Okay. According to Rabbi Meir, who said a person who's hayav makot and has to pay, he has to do both. He doesn't learn it from keder shato. Why do need both psukim to teach me that uh, you don't punish a person with two punishments? Why do need two psukim? So he'll explain to you as follows: Hada number one, mamon. One pasuk is talking about money and getting killed, and the hada bemita umalkut. And the second one is talking about getting killed and getting makot. Veloyason is talking about money and death. And Kederi uh, Shato is talking about Makot and death. Utsricha, and you need both Pesukim. The Yashmina Mita Mamon. If you were only taught me that Pasuk, that a person's Hayav Mita and money, you don't punish him with two punishments. I would say Mishum Dehada Begufev Hada Mamon Elohavdinan. We don't do two different types of punishment, one on his body, one on his pocket. Aval Be Mita Makot, when it comes to death and getting uh, Makot, they're both on his body. Maybe it's just one long uh, punishment of death, and we should do that. I Meaning, give him his, four, uh, his 39 makot and then kill him. It's all the same. So, obviously, not. That's why we have two psukim. If you were told me about death and uh, makot, 
that only there he wouldn't get uh, get, get double punishment, I would have said that we don't punish a person twice on his body. But when it comes to death and money, that one of them is on his body and one of them is a pocket, maybe we will punish him twice. That's why I need both psukim. Okay, now the Gemara has a question. So based on that, then it says, You're not allowed to take an exchange for the soul of the murderer. It sounds like if a person murdered someone, he has to get killed and he can't pay his way out. So Lamali, why don't you need that pasuk? So the Gemara explains, The pasuk is trying to tell us, the Hashem is trying to tell us, don't take money and let him out of the death penalty. Meaning we would think if a guy pays his way out, he could pay his way out. We try not to kill people, right? That's the whole idea of uh, Sanhedrin, Betin. We try not to kill people. So maybe if the guy could afford his way out, maybe we don't kill. No, that's why we need that pasuk. So now on that note, it says, Don't take money payment when a person is supposed to rent the miklat. And it sounds like that uh, you can't make him pay and run to the Imiklat if he killed someone by mistake. So if that's the case, don't take money and make him uh, run to his Imiklat. Why don't need a pasuk? I already learned that you don't make a person pay and get punished. So the Gemara says, no, the Amara Hamana, what the Pasuk is trying to tell us is, don't take money from him and get him out of the Galut. He has to go to Galut. So if that's the case, so why do I need two Pasukim? So the Gemara explains, Had Beshogeg, want to tell you that someone who killed by mistake can't pay money and get out of uh, Galut. The Had Bemezid, and you become a tell you that the person who killed on purpose, you can't make him pay and get him out. And you need both psukim diash, because if you'd only told me about the mezid, the guy who killed on purpose, mishum the hamir isure, because he did something very bad, he killed on purpose. But a person who killed by mistake, he didn't do such a big isur, it was just a mistake. Maybe he would be able to pay and get out from Galut. And if you would only told me the person did a mistake, mishum because he's not getting punished. With getting killed, okay, you got to do your time, and that's it, you can't pay for it. But when it comes to Mezid, and we're going to kill the man, maybe we'd be able to get him out of getting killed. That's why I need both Psukim. Tell me that he can never pay his way out. Next, the Pasuk says, It says, that the only way there's going to be a kapara for the murderer is if he himself dies. So, Lamali, why do I need that pasuk? I learned it already from Lotik Chukov and Nefeshotzeah. So, the Gemara explains me, I need that pasuk for the following by time. How do we know? In the case of Agla Rufa, we found that body between two cities and we killed the calf by the river or by the area that is hard land. And only then we found that who the murderer is. How do we know that the guy doesn't go out free? Rather, he also has to get killed. Because the pasuk says that the only way there'll be kapara for the land is when we find the murderer that his blood will be spilled the same way. 
So now on that note, it says, You are, you should burn the clean blood from your midst. Meaning, uh, you better take revenge when, uh, when, when we find out who did it. So, why don't I need that pasuk? Didn't I learn that from We learned from the pasuk that we just mentioned above. So why do you need another pasuk? So like Mark explains, We need it for the following b'raita. How do we know that someone who is supposed to get killed with a sword, you have to you have to slaughter him from his neck? You should burn the clean blood from your mezuk. We're going to compare all those who uh, are supposed to get killed to, by by a sword to the aglarufa. The same way the aglarufa. How do you kill it? Minatzavar from the neck. Afshovchedamim. Same thing. When someone murders someone, we're supposed to get killed with a sword. Minatzavar. Anyway, it's supposed to be from the neck. So the Gemara says, Imala alan bekofitz umimul orif. Maybe we're going to compare it all the way. Maybe the same way by the aglar ufa, where we kill the person with this big knife. It's this big knife that, like a cleaver or something thick, where the the length and the width is the same size, and it's meant to, to to cut meat and bones, and you have to do it from the back of the neck. Afghan, maybe the same thing when someone killed someone, he's hayav mita with the knife. Maybe it's also bekofit with that big knife umimul orif and from the back of the neck. So Amar of Nachman Amar Abba Abuha Amar Kerad the pasuk says ve'avtadere acha kamocha. You have to love your friend the way you love yourself. Meaning, you have to figure out for him a, a respectable, a nice way of dying. Meaning, you do it in a respectful way, and you also have to do it from the neck. That's the way Tosfot puts it together. It has to be a regular shahita style. So now, the Pasuk says, And this is going on of Davod Azara, it sounds like they cannot pay their way out of death. Lama li, why don't need that pasuk? I could have learned it from Lutik Hukofil and Nefesh Roseah. So like Max explains, I don't know if a person is on his way to getting killed, and a person says, whatever this person is worth, I'm going to pay. It's one of those dinim arachin. I'm going to, whatever this person is worth, I'm going to give to the Beit HaMikdash. I don't know if this person is not worth anything, and therefore the guy doesn't have to pay anything. So from the fact that we called him Harim and and we call, we said Loipade, it's sounding like that he has no worth, and therefore if someone makes a donation based on this person's worth, it's worth nothing. Maybe the same halacha applies even before sentencing him to death. If someone said, oh, uh, whatever this person is worth, I'm gonna, I'll pay to the Beit HaMikdash. Maybe before the sentence, it also doesn't count for anything. Sounds like any harem that was taken from the person and not every person, meaning... We're Doresh, that only if his sentence was finished, and then someone said, that I'm going to give his worth, then uh, it's worth nothing. But if it's before the sentence, then it's worth something. Okay. He holds that that person on his way to getting uh, sentenced to death, that there is a number to him. There is an uh, estimate on his life. Because everyone has a set amount from the Torah. So it doesn't make a difference if you're on your way to getting killed or not. 
So high kol cherem may avid list. So what would Rabbi Hanan do with that pasuk kol cherem? So Gemara explains me by the lechdanya. He would need it for the following brayta. Rabbi Shmuel ben Osher, Rabbi Yochanan ben Beroka Omer, lefishem atzinu lamumatim bideshamayim. We find in cases where someone's property, let's say someone's ox, killed another person, it says that he there's a mitabi de shemaim. The pasuk says vegam be'alav yumat, and we're saying that the shemaim will take care of him. There's no actual uh, death penalty for that. So how do we know shenotnin mamon umitkaper lahen? How do we know that the owner of that ox, for example, gives money and he has a kapara? He's forgiven. Shenemar im kofir yushat alav. If there's a kofir, if there's a kapara, that means you pay for it. Yachol af bide adam ken. Maybe even if there's a hayav mitot betin, if betin or posek that this person's hayav mita, maybe also you get paid. Tamud lomar harem in adam lo ipade. It says anyone who's harem from a person, meaning this person, his life was taken away from him. He is now separated from normal people. That he shouldn't be redeemed anymore. Okay, so that's maybe with mitot. Uh, that's where the death penalty is. That you, if if someone did it by mistake, it would not be uh, forgiven. Meaning, we're only talking about very high level bad averot. Mitot how do we know that if it's a lower level mitot betin, the person did a small avera? That if you would do it by mistake, you just have to give a korban or something like that, and that would uh, set him free. How do we know even with those? Tamud lomar kol cherem, and from the word of kol, we understand that even with small averot, you can't just uh, pay your way out of the death. So now the Gemara asks, Velomi mela milotik we have that pasuk milotik Didn't you learn it like automatically from that pasuk? We should automatically learn from that pasuk that if someone did a lower level avera that you would get mitad bedin, but like on a lower level, it should be learned automatically that, that I can't just pay money and get out. The pasuk says lotik hukofer, and you know it sounds like lotishkol mamonami nevetiv tere. Don't take money from him and let him out. So then kol herem lamali. Then what do I do with that extra kol from the word kol herem? I mean, if I could learn it from there, I don't need the Kol Harim. So what would I do with Kol Harim? So Amar Mi Bar it's Tarikh, Rabbi Hanna ibn would still need a Kol Harim. Because Salkadat, I mean, I would have thought, when do we not take money from the Rotsiyah and let him go out free? That's Echad Haragodel Chaliyah. That's if he killed him on purpose and while his hand was going upwards, Sheloni Tanash Shegigato Lechapara. Because if he did that by accident, he wouldn't go to Galut. You only go to Galut if someone kills someone by mistake on his, well, let's say the axe was in his hand on the way down, not on the way up. But if he killed him on purpose while his hand was going down, that if he did, if he did that same action by mistake, Maybe he would go to Galut. Maybe in that type of situation, we, he could uh, pay his way out of it. From the word call, from the word call, that if he did it on purpose going down, he can't pay his way out. So we really have now three psukim that tell me that a person cannot pay his way out if he did the on purpose, he can't pay his way out of the punishment. Number one, it says, 
Then you have uh, from, uh, from the harem, and you have uh, from Kol harem. Want to teach me that if someone did avera, uh, uh, that is, the mitah is so bad that if you did it by mistake, there's no kapara for it. And then we have two more psukim to tell me that if someone killed someone on purpose, one uh, upwards and one downwards, and no matter what the case is, he cannot pay his way out. And with that, we'll start right here. Baruch Hashem le'olam. Amen ve'amen.